Hey there, guys. This is What's That in Good Taste, and I'm your host, Steven. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host. And I'm Chandler. Oh, what the fuck? I didn't turn your mic on. <laughs> you said my mic was hot. Oh, I lied, because you're not... I don't know. I'm not important. And I'm Chandler. And you're Chandler. And we're here to talk about things that matter to you today. Whether it's relationships, love, food, or just, well, was that in good taste? Yeah, it's, it's the show about tasting things and then, you know, asking, is that in good taste? And the answer to that is always. No. Is no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. So I'm, That's I'm going to get us canceled. It's going to get us canceled. So I'm going to throw something out there. I don't know if you realize this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> We're not drinking anything. Oh. oh Do you no. know why, though? Why aren't we drinking? I'm going to tell you the real reason why. Mm-hmm. The long lost episode. Long night. Oh. <laughs> the long winter. Yeah. It's... The- I think, is it because we drank too much last night? I think I think that might kind of be it. Uh, you know, we're impressionable children. We tend to drink Little way too much. Impressionable children. It's it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, what were we drinking? I don't remember. Good thing I do. <laughs> oh boy, Pelton de la Muerte. Oh, Pelton de la de, Pelton. Pela Morte. No, if you're gonna really say it like like a gringo, you go. Oh, you don't have to say that. (laughs) I can say it. I'm one. (laughs) It's Pelton de la Muerte. (laughs) Well, this is a. Oh, oh, I I think I I don't know. I feel like I want to start doing this thing. Like, this is the podcast for the week of uh, the uh, 10 13 2019. What? Oh, is that the date? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, the week. Oh, okay. The beginning of the week. That's okay. The podcast for the week of for the week of October thirteenth, thirteenth, twenty nineteen, twenty nineteen. That's this year. That's this year, <sighs> the year of our Lord. It's still going on. It is. So we're gonna do a little catch up thing here. We're gonna catch up. How you doing, Chandler? I'm doing pretty good. How was your week? Oh, I had a, I had quite the eventful. I saw you do stand up. Ex- oh, just jumping right into yeah. it. Yeah. Oh boy. I uh, did. I did me a stand up. And, uh, you know, I talked for about five minutes and, you know, it, it could have been worse because people laughed at this and not in the bad way. <laughs> so now it's not right for the opinion that matters. Mine. Because you were up there. Well, no, I didn't ask you, like, like, how did it feel, you know, because you haven't really been keeping up doing the stand up so much lately, right? No, nah, I've been a little rusty. I've been, oh, I've been a bad stand up. A bad, ooh, a bad, a bad, bad stand up. Stand up. I, I've I've been skipping my my uh, my regiment, you know. Which is good. Which is good because the the best way to become successful at anything is to not do the thing that you're trying to be good at. Exactly. It's to you know try to come up with excuses for yourself so that you can avoid taking on any new responsibilities, and that's how you you know build steps to what you want to become and then you also take a step back and then look at all the steps that you've built for yourself and you go oh that's a lot of climbing and then you turn around and go back to sleep i feel like i should have a drop for that that's hot <laughs> I, I i really enjoyed i enjoyed seeing you do stand up it was my first time actually seeing you do a stand up how did i do because i kind of blacked out in the middle of it like there was a point where i just forgot all the things i was planning on saying <laughs> and just kind of went with what I felt like saying, which I think is very good because you 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 did a very good job in my opinion. So 
All right, so let's get the honest critique here. I know nothing about comedy, but as a person who's like, I guess you don't have to do something to, to know whether it's good or not. You came up there, kind of secure, you told some good jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a little bit more than, like, a little bit less than halfway in. I wouldn't say you got lost, but I could. if you say you blacked out, I could see it. Like, at that moment, you didn't know where to go. And instead of trying to go with the thing that you had planned normally, you went in a more naturalistic kind of thing. Mm. And mm. I think it worked better. Okay. You know, uh, because that's kind of what you need to do. In addition to reading the room, you kind of just have to go with how it feels. And you did a good job of doing that, you oh. know. And then you got, you seemed like you were more comfortable, you know. And then at the end, you did a very good job, like kind of like a little ad lib type thing going on, right? But then you tried to go back to like the thing that you normally kind of do. I tried to get back on track. And and, and, and really, you got to just like, you want to take the format that you have and go with it strong. Mm. But the jokes were good. They were solid. I think the kind of jokes you did were better than the other kinds of jokes the other comedians were doing. Okay. You know. I, I appreciate you know. that. But like one of the guys was definitely, I would say he was more talented than you, than you but he was telling like Trump jokes. Like, hey, that guy was really good, though. No, he, he, it was he had so some, good. Some really good impressions and just really good mannerisms to go along with everything that it, I'd say. Given your assessment, I'd oh, say that's hot. my comedy—that's hot. That's <laughs> My comedy came off like the uh, the trolley car of comedy. Like it's not. It wasn't as good as like uh, a commuter vehicle. You know, that can actually go and veer off in different directions <laughs> and take you to new and exciting places. But it also wasn't as direct as as a train that's set in its tracks. It it, it had a rail system. You got to think about like this. Like when you first start driving, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you you had like you need to go on the highway. You need to learn how to merge, right? But it's very difficult. Oh. It's easy to go down the city street. Right. So you get it's that down. Art, really. Yeah, it is. Merge. You see, so you get it down, you get with down and then you start, you know, you start going down busier streets and you start feeling more comfortable and stuff like that, you know. So you really have to get the foundation down, yeah. which, by the way, I think is where like from what from a lot of reading, a lot of talking to comedians, that's where the weakness is for a lot of people is that they have the uh, the, the format down and then they, they have a lot of good shows. They, they, they do the same jokes. They, they punch them up. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But then they get caught with a with a. With, with a surprise the left hook. yeah their they're set is either too short or they mess up a little bit or somebody heckles them and it throws them off so you kind of have, be, have to be flexible you know yeah. you know so you definitely have the skill like being able to be a little flexible with it or whatever you know so you did a very good job and this was uh what the broadway comedy club this is the broadway comedy club on 53rd and between 9th and 8th in Avenue, new york city in course. manhattan New York, New York. Ten zero zero two, I think. I don't know. Uh, it's either that. Well, I know my zip code is ten zero zero three six. Oh, let people know where you live. Okay. Well, they know the zip code, so like, if they want to send me any like fan mail or anthrax, you know, they know where to get me. Like, <laughs> they know your name too, so they'll be able to find you probably. Oh God, I there hope you so. go. <laughs> yeah, you know. sweet release. So you do you're, you're trying to stand up there on Mondays at five or five to seven? Yeah, five is the is when the open mic starts usually at uh, the Broadway Comedy Club. There's a ton of open mic. I'm trying to venture more into uh, Greenwich Village because there's there's a lot more 
options for open mics there, you know? Oh, you mean options that aren't a $20 cover and a two-drink minimum? Whoa, whoa. With the world's worst fucking drinks ever? Uh, wait a minute. You can't just... You can't... That might be in bad taste, Steven. Uh, hold on. I'm not mad at the club. <laughs> I'm but not... Like, I'm not mad at them because... Then who are you Well, no, because I, I realize... I'm, I'm kind of ridiculous. Comedy clubs, that's what they do. They gotta they, make money somehow. Not just that, but they also have to serve those kind of drinks. They don't want people being stupid, belligerent, and stuff like that, or whatever. Like they're and they're they're having like comedy, which doesn't make a lot of money unless you have people who make a lot of money in your club. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to kind of make make your profit somewhere. I'm not mad at them, but I, I'm sorry I didn't enjoy. The, you, I like the host. You I, sound I enjoyed. A little bitter though. I enjoy. I well, it was forty five dollars. I'm broke. Okay, but I, but listen. Okay. Uh, but listen, mm-hmm. I just I enjoyed the hostess. Okay, I enjoyed the she people. Has a lot of fun. She's yeah. she's good at what she do. Yeah. Speak it to the mic, Jesus Christ! Oh, <clears throat> there we there we go. There, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the hostess. I enjoyed. I saw it was good. It was a good experience. I actually liked the space. It was a really fun venue. I mean, it was into it was intimate enough to where you could have a little bit of back and forth with the uh, with the audience. I mean, I heard a dude belch. Like midway through no, my yeah, set, yeah. no, it was pretty funny, and yeah, and there was this one woman in the back, an older black woman Ooh. who was into it. She was, she was feeling it. She was, she was throwing out jabs oh, back. Yeah. at She me. was doing the thing where like she's replying to the thing, like, oh yeah, I feel that. Oh yeah, you're real, jet. yeah, child, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, child. Ah, <laughs> uh, she, she was fun. She, yeah, was she was having a fun time. She was having such a good time. And, and the and guy she was negative, with. Though. No, it was she yeah. was all everything she said was supportive. It was just, you know, maybe untimely. <laughs> I like the it's like, is this your is this your husband? And close friend. Close friend. Close friend. <laughs> he, he really jumped on that grenade. Yeah, just, really, no, 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 close friend. Yeah, he really wanted to distance himself from that. It was a really good experience. I'm looking forward to seeing you do more of that or whatever. I'm never going to do it. Well, too I'm much curious. How many open mics have you... Oh, sorry. How many comedy open mics have you been to? I know well, you've I've been, been to... I've been to a few comedy open mics. I've been to a few, but not as many as I've been to, like, overall just plain open mics. You know? Gotcha. Like, there's one called uh, Flower Power Fridays that happens in, uh, I think, in Long Island City. You, you look it up on Facebook, whatever. Um I know, the, like, the woman who runs it is awesome. One of my friends is always there. The people who go there, they do comedy, they do hip-hop, they do music, and it's very supportive. And I think that overall, like, having done a lot of independent, like, small concerts and open mics and stuff for, like, 15 years plus now, um, people are always very supportive. And in there, the play, the people were very supportive. Yeah. No one was crazy. Even somebody who was there who did uh, I didn't think did well at all. Nobody laughed, but no one, no one made any jabs. Nobody said anything terrible. Nobody. They weren't mocked. mercifully, merci, merci, mercilessly, mercilessly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Heckled. Yeah. Over what they were saying. Yeah. So I, I think that you know it wasn't that different. You know, generally though, for some reason, like I guess because it helps make people relax. Comedy with mics are holding bars and stuff like that. Oh yeah. You know, well, and comedians are depressed alcoholics, so it it's a monetary decision for a lot of bars to kind of bank on that. So since you mentioned it, this is actually an intervention. Oh, is that what this whole podcast was based around? Yeah, get me into a false sense of security. 
just to make me feel like an asshole. Yeah. So, <laughs> I uh I really I really thought it was super awesome. I super loved it. Uh the thing that I think was really interesting is like so I'm listening to the jokes, right? Mm-hmm. And no one was pushing any bounds. There was no no boundaries course. Nothing really pushed. And I th- I think that entertainment, good media, things like that or whatever, you kind of need to kind of have your expectations kind of played with a little bit. You gotta have to be pushed a little you bit. Push the envelope a little bit. But everything they were saying even what you did was good. But, but I know safe. you even though you made your little you made your you made you made some some thing you made a little some illusions. Oh uh-huh. You know, you made some illusions. <laughs> you know <laughs> you made some illusions to some 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 things I think that might have been a little bit more interesting. You know, you have to play kind of safe because the audience, you know, you don't really know the audience. Exactly. But like why would you think the audience might do that they might react badly? Well <clears throat> what's what's pushing the boundaries anymore? Like I, I can I can go up there and say every damn curse word that I know and that's not really gonna push mm-hmm. any buttons. Like what's what's the line where it's like I can I can push what's kinda sacred versus what's also gonna be um you know, a death sentence in five years, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, last what? night. Um, <laughs> so I definitely will say that I feel, I feel, cause like even doing this sometimes is really easy to be like, fuck, 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 fuck. You know, I always tell you that like the easiest joke to make for me, cause I'm a black, black guy is like make jokes about race. You know, it's like, oh boy, oh man, <laughs> being black is difficult in America. Oh boy. I like fried chicken. Oh boy, my my credit's not good. You, you know, notice how black people and white people are different. <laughs> Crazy, right? Crazy, right? Women and men. Oh, what? What? Ooh. And then you you go into a situation thinking it's heteronormative, but then it turns out it's not. <laughs> what? What? It's so good. I love that. But the thing, <laughs> we you know. Uh, the pushing the boundaries thing is kind of hard, you know. So that's kind of the thing that we're kind of like talking about is like lately i don't know if you obviously people know this this movie came out joker right there was a todd phillips right the director of so. uh the hangover which in its own way kind of pushed a lot of boundaries it was it was kind of crazy a little silly very kooky um uh-huh. and and uh, joaquin phoenix you know oh yeah from uh brother disney's brother bear <laughs> yeah definitely that's the only thing he's known for that's the you only know. thing i know him from is playing the voice of kenai yeah. in disney's and his more brother talented and his more talented brother river phoenix uh but he dead Ooh, too soon uh, too soon how long ago was it like 93 i think oh yeah like the holocaust was sooner oh no. <laughs> boy you can't say that. Wait, uh, was that? No, there was not. I don't even want to. Was that in good taste? Roll, Ugh. roll, roll credits. Um, so everybody's up in arms uh, about this movie. About like, oh, should it have been made? Should this movie have been made? Should it have been made? That's a now, that's a bullshit ass question. I'm not making it up. So if you look at the show notes, uh-huh. which I believe are going to be at bit.ly slash uh, I think it's gonna. I'm gonna make it up right now. I'm gonna make up the URL right now. It's gonna be bit.ly. Sound like the violence, cookie monster, but <laughs> violence like a... never good. No, it's... violence never tastes. That's what's gonna be bit.ly. Violence never tastes 
Dip.ly forward slash Violence Never Taste. That's going to be the show notes, right? I think it should be Violence Never Taste So Good. <laughs> That's too long. All right. <laughs> so, so if you look at the show notes, I'm going to put in a lot of the articles. But people are up in arms about the honest movie, man. It should never be made. And I think back to like, you ever see, um, you ever see Natural Born Killers? Still haven't seen Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers by, uh... Forget start. it. Give me a quick synopsis Where, anyway. What does it start with? Oh my God. Oh, he works with, uh, he works with, he works with Quentin Tarantino all the time. Robert Rodriguez? I don't know. Whatever. I don't, I don't give a crap. Anyway. Uh, two, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, but uh, like, hard, hard R. And like, it's great. Bonner and Clurd? Bonner, Bonner and Clurd? Uh, Clurred and Clurred. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's actually pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, and it's extremely violent, really interesting. Uh, it's, you know, when it really happened, they were really saying that like, oh, this is going to be the end of everything. This is going to be the end of. It's going to make Satan finally feel comfortable enough to come out of his shell. And So I, I'm, <laughs> So I'm looking and I see, you know, we got our show notes and I see you put some stuff here. I'm very interested in, mm-hmm. All right? Correlation versus causation. Oh yeah. That's over the consumption. Over escapism cons- versus reaffirmation. These are good. Uh, you know, I bring the heat when it comes to defending you violence. Bring that brat, brat. Now question that mom, is that too far? Is am the I, brat, brat yeah, too am, I, far? am I encouraging people to go out and to, to, to do gang violence and to hurt other people? That depends. Are you echoing a, a semi-automatic or an automatic? Uh, <laughs> what's, I'm looking for it. Come on, uh, you got it. An automatic rifle <laughs> is that, or what, or an Uzi or one of those, or are you mimicking the Nerf revolver? Because <laughs> if, it, if it's Nerf, it's Nerf. It's nothing. But if it's if it's Nerf, it's nothing. If it's Nerf, it's nothing. <laughs> I know it's definitely. I feel like, uh, I'm, you know, I, I don't know, whatever. Brat, 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 killing people. Brat, 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 gang, gang, gang. Brat, brat, gang, gang. Die, motherfuckers, die, motherfuckers. Die. Still. Yeah, Oof. it's, you know. Um, so so what, what's what's the question? Should the Joker movie exist? Exist. That, that's really the question, I think, of the episode. Should it exist? Uh, nothing should exist. Nothing. If we're looking at a should point of view, that being the operative word, nothing on a, on a... <laughs> within the context of the fact that we already exist oh okay should should, does this movie do harm does the content that people see inside of movies and television and music does it do actual harm i mean ever ever unless it's a snuff film an actual movie cannot (laughs) do any physical harm (laughs) <laughs> that's that's my opinion alright it's a three step process is what it comes down to we got three branches of the uh, consumption cycle I'd like to break it down to alright I'm done with this All right. right, you got the branch that makes it the branch that produces it the branch that consumes it and when you want to blame violence in media on something you have to blame all three branches the people making it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. they're making they're they're making the thing out putting out there that's i guess making people violent which even that i put an asterisk next to it's like it's, <laughs> it's making them all right all right it's making them violent we'll get into that a little bit later then you got the people producing it who are telling the people that make stuff what to make 
because they know what they can sell and they know what will be consumed. They're, they're the middleman in all of it. And then you have the branch that consumes it and they create the actual uh, demand but the supply part is kind of like their demand is only dictated by what they know is available from the supply mm. to a certain extent. So really everyone's to blame. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> we are all terrible. But like, is there, but is there really any real tangible evidence that the, the media itself is what's doing any harm? There's no, this, this, we get into the whole correlation versus causation aspect of it. Cause you can't say that the media is actually causing people to go out and be more violent. You could say it's uh blur or it's obscuring the line between uh, alternate reality and our collective reality and Therefore, people get lost in this kind of escapist alternate reality and find that there's no there's there's a blurred difference between mm-hmm. you know what's right in the world and and this escapist morality, and so it's a everyone's at fault. So, so you're talking when you start talking about like escapism and stuff like that. So now you you're really triggering something in my mind because in order for something to be really, I think truly like to to take you outside of uh, the world that you live in and kind of the way that you perceive things right it has to kind of be rooted in reality mm-hmm. and i think part of the reason why joker is so difficult for people is because it's reflecting on things that are kind of similar to what's going on today with people who suffer from things that we that we deal with today right and kind of a grounded reality yeah it's it's very grounded in re- it reaffirms certain aspects of reality sorry go on but Wait. but no no you're right, but now, what about the things like video games and and music? Which, because you know, uh, maybe yes, uh, Call of Duty, no more Russians might hit a little too hard with people running into an airport and and like murdering people. But like Mortal Kombat, uppercutting someone into a space and then they fall into a bed of spikes, isn't really grounded in any kind of reality. It's not grounded in reality, but what it allows is an escape an escapist morality and i think that's what we're having issues with and again bringing it back to causality and correlation you have a percentage a small a very small percentage of the world population that has difficulty discerning uh reality from fantasy and they delve into and and, uh, indulge in certain escapist moralities because they feel either safer or um, like it's a simpler type of morality. Mm -hmm. And then when you have so much media being pumped into our our consciousness, just there's the overconsumption aspect where there's there's a flood of this type of media violence and uh in video games and movies and music and stuff that the small percentage that would otherwise be um unengaged in certain alternate moralities end up uh kind of being 
incited by this. So mm. it's still a small minority that it impacts. But the studies that you put up on the um, on the show notes that talked about how there's no direct causation between violence in mm-hmm, video mm-hmm. games and, and media and actual violent behavior still cite that there's a correlation between people who already had uh, tendencies toward violence for those tendencies to be exacerbated by um, those those influences and those stimuli. I've always found kind of a fault in a lot of studies when they, whenever they when they, whenever they say that mm-hmm. because uh, they always like oh it, it exacerbates it. it it makes it worse it it, 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 it it it's like oh this person had violent tendencies or you know was already killing cats but then. They, they, because they were angry, they played violent video games and it made them, and it helped, it, it, it made it worse in their mind, you know, and allowed them to, but. It just allows for like a dis, a disassociation, but, I think. But there's no way to actually gauge that. Right. And that's the thing that I feel really uncomfortable with when it comes to things. There's no way to actually gauge that. It, it's really just like. It's. Opinion. It's completely opinion. There's, there is no way to gauge. Because you could say, for example, again, causation and correlation, right? He's like, okay, so this person was very angry, right? So he played lots of violent video games. Mm-hmm. And it, it, for some reason, it sparks, it, it sparks something inside of him. He decided that he could really go shoot up his school, right? Or you could say, because we don't know what's in their mind, you know, you could say that this person was so angry that he played violent video games and then to, to kind of alleviate that anger and it wasn't enough. So he went and shot up his school. You know what I mean? There was no real way to look at the people, even the things that they write, even that they're, even their behaviors. Cause you're not in their mind. Right. You don't know how much of an impact media and music has. So now here we go. There's an article here mm-hmm. that I put under what the fuck is this? All right. Which I need, it needs to be like a whole, I need like a drop. Like what the fuck is this? <laughs> Um, <laughs> by some guy, but not. I, I don't want to bury. <laughs> I don't want to bury John McWhorter. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to bury him. Okay, but I'm gonna read a small excerpt right, right now. Okay, I'm gonna look at make sure I got all right. Now the mic can hear me nice and clear. <clears throat> all right, read a small excerpt. What's, are, we, um, are we doing a bit? By the way, I don't. Maybe. I, okay. Okay. Maybe. Uh, <clears throat> read, the, read. Read the bit. <clears throat> What struck me the most, though, was how fully the boys' music, hard-edged rap, preaching bone-deep dislike of authority, provided them with a continuing soundtrack to their antisocial behavior. So completely was rap ingrained in their consciousness that so often, one or another of them would break into cocky, explicit of laden rap lyrics, accompanied by the angular, bagelous gestures typical of rap performance. A couple of his buddies would then join him. Rap was running a decoration in their conversation. Then, I'm going to skip ahead. By reinforcing the stereotypes that long hindered blacks, and by teaching young blacks that thuggish adversarial stance is the properly authentic response to a presumptuously, 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 presumptuously racist society, rap retards black success. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh Okay. Now, it's a a little fair, you know. I probably should do this on the podcast, but you know, this guy, this John McHorter, right? Mick, 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 McHorter, McHorter, Mick. Okay, guess that race. Oh, it's time to play. <laughs> guess that race. 
right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest though. We already kind of did this often, so this is this is not genuine. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed that. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna pretend like we didn't do it already. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, so tell me, Chandler, uh, what do you think this guy's race is? This guy says that he was sitting inside of a coffee shop. He saw a bunch of young black men come in singing expletive written hip hop lyrics and gesticulating wildly. With thuggish behavior. Hmm. Now, it seems like, from his explanation of their thuggish behavior, he was perhaps a bit threatened by it. I feel threatened. Maybe perhaps intimidated physically. And, all right, okay, I'm factoring that into my answer. His name, again, what was it? John McQuarter. Jonathan McQuarter. John H. John. With quarter. Oh, well, the H clearly has to stand has to stand for Harold. Of course, oh, of course. I mean, if it stands for anything else, then they're just spelling words wrong. <laughs> it's you know I'm I'm gonna use my phone a friend on this one. Oh, um, all right, hold on. Hey, okay, hold on. I'm talking to my mom. Okay, okay. Hey mom. No, it's me. No, I'm I'm on guess that race. No, it's it's for the it's for the podcast. No, I have to No, I Yeah, I okay. I'm sorry, your time is up. Oh. All right. Um he's a white guy. Is he a oh, white guy? And the answer is He's black. Oh. God damn it, mom! He's a he's a black man who feels threatened by young black men listening to hip hop. <gasps> Oof! Let me just ring off. By the way, wait, what was his last name again? Ruckus. Nick- oh. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! This is a knee knee slapper. Uh, listen, okay. Uh, there's a few more articles of his. Mm-hmm. One of them, which is uh, does uh, Black History Month need to exist? And there was another one that he came up with like five years after this. I don't want to bury him. Mm-hmm. This is 2002. Wait, I'm curious though. Did you read uh, the uh, article? I read a little of, bit of it. Of the Black History I read a little bit of it. What was the like thesis of it? That it doesn't, because like racism is not that real. Like it's real, uh, but it's not that real. It, I, I, he says here. His argument wasn't we presumptually assimilate presumptually racist it, society. Okay. Presumptually racist societies right Oof. here. So you can kind of tell the kind of, Oof. you know, I'm not saying that everyone is racist, but the systemic racism is, is very real. It's very real. You know, and it's like the turn up. It's real. Yeah. So now you look and you see that this, but this guy is saying here, this, 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 this black man is saying about, about this music. Almost as if he believes that the music is making these young men wild. Almost as if he's thinking this, this music is making these young men go out and behave in a, in a bad fashion. Right. Completely disregarding the fact that the, that the music is not... The young men aren't really reflecting the music. The music is completely reflecting the young men. Right. The music comes from the places that they come from. And the music is from people who lived the experiences that they lived. And the pe- and the kids aren't gesticulating because the, the song is telling them so. It's because that's how they feel. 
they, they're not sagging their pants because the, the rapper's like, yo, 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 sag your pants. That's not what's happening. But they're, they're just impressionable kids. How would they pick up on these kinds of behaviors if it weren't for the rap musics? Oh, I guess it must be the years and years of trauma passed down, you know, from 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 their their parents. What? Yeah, I mean, I, it's almost as if like redlining, shoving disenfranchised and barely released people who are slaves and segregated into small areas. Trauma can't be passed passed down. <laughs> you can't pass around trauma. It's it it's a special thing that you hold on to and bury deep down deep until inside. you die. Or it Ooh. consumes you. Or yeah, or it does and that's or, kinda hot. Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> I kinda I kinda wanna make that a drop, but it's more fun just it's to say hot. It. It's hot. It's hot. You know, would it be like a Paris Hilton? Like that's hot. That's or would hot. It be well, like that was a... also Paris because she had different kinds. Right. She had like that. That's hot. And then she had like oh, also because Nicole Richie would also do it too. Eh, but hers wasn't nearly as like impactful. You like know. Paris, you heard that's hot. And that's you're hot. like fuck yeah, it fuck is. yeah. You know that's what you think about it. Like Paris Hilton, it's crazy. So you think about Paris Hilton, like the Kardashians and stuff, right? She made women sluts. You're right. Oh yeah. Oh, she did. <laughs> she she's the reason she why young women decide that want to send Snapchats of their bodies. Exactly. You know, it's not because women are deciding that they have more, you know, autonomy and that they can do what they want because it's their bodies and they can share it with whoever they want. It's not why. No, it's because there's sexually provocative women in the media who are then corrupting the youth. Oh yes. And and in order to do the same. But I think, I think, I think that it's all bunk. It's all bullshit. Okay. And I think it's bunk (laughs) because even when you have people like, and I'm not going to say their names because they don't matter because the people themselves don't matter because they're shit. But like the Christchurch shooter and the Aurora shooter and the, the recent Texas shooter and the Ohio and the Mandalay Bay. And you can go on and on and on and on. Yeah. These people were not like they weren't watching television one day and they were just suddenly like radicalized by one episode of like fucking Rick and Morty. They didn't see the born identity or watch Bowling for Col- Columbine and think I could do that better. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's not, like, you know what? You know? see a lot of myself in that guy. <laughs> that's not really how that happens, you know, and that guy, John McQuarter. I don't want to bury him because, you know, he, this again, this is like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a long time ago that he wrote this, even though in his 2006 article about how woke hip hop is killing the thuggishness, the thuggery in hip hop kind of also rubbed me the wrong way. But that was also, again, still like over 10 years ago, you know, and we all kind of have said things and we've all kind of grown. But like. What has he written lately? Well, I, I looked in the last few things, like in 2011, and he won some. He won some stuff, some like NAACP at the NCAA. I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something. I think, I think something to do with people. I'm. This ain't no young black man. I have no idea what the fuck this is. Is that is that like National I, Association? I can't of, even make a joke about you know, that because, like, how? What am I supposed to? <laughs> I don't know, but like, so I'm not mad. I'm I'm not trying to like say like, oh, because I don't really know this person, Mm -hmm. you know, but it just rings to me of black exceptionalism. That's all I say. You know, that weird, like, you know, weird, you know, like, hey, well, we know we should stay segregated because us people of color aren't ready yet. 
you know. Anyway, that was a that was a little bit of a tangent. Oof. That was a little little five minute tangent. I just <laughs> I just don't think that music is radicalizing the kids. It's not making the kids crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, I listened to rock music and metal, and I grew up in the Bronx. I used to go to these concerts, and I tell the story all the time. The first time I went to the ch- it was a church. I thought it was like an empty church. I didn't know the church was actually open. It was letting us do the concerts there. And I went there, and this band gets on stage, and the, the guy gets on stage, and there's like a Jesus on the wall and stuff, and there's like pictures of kids and stuff because it's like a, a, a common area, you know, like rent and mm-hmm. stuff. And the guy goes, who here loves Jesus? And some of the crowd, some polite claps. And I'm like, oh, boy. I'm not, right. I'm not offended, but I, you know, didn't expect this. You know, what's going on? I don't know on? if I love Jesus that hard. Yeah, but okay. And then all of a sudden he goes, fuck Jesus. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? And it didn't make me fucking go out and start burning churches down and fucking killing women. Like, you know, the, the, the violent movies. And listen, I have been, I've had, yo, I'm going to tell you, I've had three reparative surgeries on my face. I've been beaten, dragged, set on fire, thrown almost in front of a train, but they waited a second too late, so I hit into the side of the train. Uh, I have been... I've had a lot of bad things happen to me, and for all the violent and angry feelings that I've had and all the things I've had to struggle with in my life, none of them were increased by a movie. Like, even when I was getting beaten and dragged down the street and I would come home fucking bloody from people beating the shit out of me, right? And then I would sit there and watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't think, man, I'm gonna fucking kill some people. I used to have a stick. I think it was like part of an old couch or something that I was like, I used to keep in the couch. I was like fucking 12. I used to pretend I was slaying vampires. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't take it outside and start stabbing people with it. Okay. You never, you never thought anyone was like truly a vampire and you were gonna take business into your own hands? Never. Never. So, I... I just don't, but now other people suffer from other things, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair for me to say that, you know, these things can't can't exacerbate. They can't make these things worse because they can. But you really have to be in a certain place. Yeah. You really have to be, and it is not really a bad place because we all suffer. And for some people, all it takes is one person saying the wrong thing to you to break you and make you depressed and really, really hurt you, mm-hmm. to hurt your feelings or to make you angry, to make you lash out, you know? So maybe, yes, you can see a movie and it can affect you. But, like, it is not the cause. It is the symptom. It is the symptom. And like you were saying, it's not a movie or a song that's going to cause some sort of grand radicalization it's going to be the movie or the song that resonates with an already in progress. Ra- yeah. Like what, what song, radicalization. What, what song has like, you know, in the middle East, what, what, what song music or music, music video or video game is what's what the Arab spring is caused by what, what video, what, what? MIA's bad girls. <laughs> That's the single, uh, accountable source of why the Arab spring happened was, she released that song, and then immediately following, um, Tunisia went into their revolution, followed by Egypt, and it's it can all be blamed on MIA. I can see that. Bad I can see girls. That. I can see. That. I I saw MIA. Wait, was that one song? That one big song by MIA? Uh, Paper planes. I saw MIA play that song. It was dope. That sounds pretty. Cool. I didn't know the rest of this. Thing. I saw Ludacris too. It was cool. That sounds um, like a really good show. Oh uh, yeah, that's something. Also, uh, Matt and Kim and uh, 
some other bands. I'll tell you about it some other time. Wait, wait, wait. So you listened to a Matt and Kim song, and then you immediately didn't go buy a log cabin in the middle of Oregon? <laughs> I thought about it. Um, but I think, I think, and I look at these kind of things, and I kind of don't really understand. But now, I'm a hypocrite. I'm totally, oh, look at that. I got a little hum going on. Oh boy, look at that. I'm fudging with the mic. Yeah, let's, let's hear. Let's hear this live. Let's, oh, that's hot. Are hey. you are you done diddling with it? It doesn't hum anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so six. Now here's. I put six nine on this little list here on the uh, show notes for a reason. Mister Takashi. Mister Takashi. Daniel Hernandez. Daniel Hernandez. He lives at four forty five. Listen, they all know where he lives. It's game over for him <laughs> when he gets out. He's fucked. It's game over. Um, here's the thing, right? So now I'm a hypocrite because I said oh, I don't see it. There's no court, but I'm also going to completely contradict myself right now. So don't don't at me, bro. Um, he wanted to get clout because he wanted to be popular in hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. You know. And so he allowed the medium of hip hop and the things in hip hop to kind of like affect him, right? He allowed himself to be like, well, I want to be gangster because he feels, I think, well, he said it in his little, his, his tell all testimony, which is going to be a book coming out next sum, summer called I Told All My Friends by Daniel Hernandez. You can pre order on Amazon. Is it published by the same group who did If I Did It by OJ? <laughs> I think it might be. Okay. Right? So you you look at that, right? And it's like, okay, you have this guy who idealized hip hop and wanted to be a rapper. So what he did was is he he decided to join a gang and shoot at people. Hmm. In order to be more hip-hop. In order to be more hip-hop, which is, in a way, because the reality is, is that no one really cares if you're a gangster. Only only if you care, only if you seem like one, kind of, right? right? Nobody really cares, but he kind of believed that he kind of had to really be one, so he was affected by it. Oh, hip hop made him do it. You know, or sorry, gangster rap made him do it. In a, in a, in, a, in its own little way. In its own little way, in its it own did. little way. So now, now that I have said that, mm-hmm. can we make a little argument, a little devil's advocate for like how media can can really, really, really directly negatively affect people like that? I'm not denying. And I don't think anyone should deny the the sense that media can have a negative impact on people. That's it. The media has a responsibility to report the truth to a certain extent. I guess that's like the news media. As far as artistic mediums and artistic media, their responsibility is more to uh, reflect creativity and to kind of use that creativity to distort their perspective of reality. And if people can't acknowledge that distortion, then that's kind of on them, right? You'd think so. If people can't read your art the way it's supposed to be read, then... Mm. So now you're trying to hit me with something I didn't think... I, I, I'm, I'm still I didn't think to talk about, like, how much responsibility really is it of the, the creator of the art i'd say about a third really like it's like, one third the responsibility of the creator the arts creator it's one third the responsibility of the arts producer or whoever publicizes it and it'd oh. be another third 
I don't know because to, to the me, consumer to of me, the art, to me, the producer and the creator are so tied in. That seems like you'd think that, but given dire enough circumstances, the producer or the uh, not the produ- the creator of the art can circumvent the producer mm-hmm. if the sub- if the demand is great enough, and so they they kind of hold a key role, but they also they have the gatekeeper role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the gatekeeper himself might not be all that important, but the gate's pretty damn important. But, like, who dis- But like, who decides, I guess, then what's- what should be let through the gate? Like, who decides that the, 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 the art? For example, again, Lenny Bruce, right? The mm-hmm. seven words. The reason why you can't say fuck, you can say, you can say asshole, but not ass. Right, you can call someone a bitch, but because an asshole is am- anatomical, I guess you know. But you you can say like certain words, but you can't say others because of him, right? Because eating ass is cannibalism, but eating asshole is erotic. I guess. I think that's you know. the that's the difference. No, no, but you wouldn't be able to say eating on on. You wouldn't be. You, you could call somebody an asshole on broadcast TV, but you couldn't say you were eating their asshole. Oh, right. But here's the thing: like, who decides? that who 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 really decides who is the gatekeeper right because people always know what's best for us don't they it's, people it's always the know most vocal consumers wouldn't it you would say that and this is why th- th- this is why i think trump won okay huh this is why because right. the people who because like one of the comedians at the open mic he was like who here voted for trump and nobody rose their hand he's like nobody ever wants to cop to it right that's kind of true because the people who are silent about it the people who have misgivings about what people who are speaking the loudest are saying about people who don't really agree with them right they 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 don't want to maybe have the confrontation you know they might not want to you know so these people who weren't vocal right but they still have power they still have the ability to use their 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 vote right so in that instance that's their voice is their vote their vote or i guess in a sense their their tunage in the in a nielsen sense yeah so that's why you, you can spend your money it's for example like it's kind of so like you can spend your money on now you cannot be part of the vocal majority but you can spend your your money silently and support creators that you like Mm. you know you can support yeah. the creators that you like you know yeah. and, and that's why we get into a lot of trouble because get into more private interests yeah you know like who decides who is the one who's who's allowed to be like you cannot listen to this medium because it's gonna harm you mm-hmm. 1993 hillary clinton and and who's that uh Ru- Ru- not rupaul <laughs> what's the name uh what the oh, whatever the senate judiciary thing with oh, with, mm-hmm. with uh with, with mortal combat and they're talking about how violent video games are going to destroy the world when video games have now become a bigger industry than movies yeah right and, and a bigger industry than the nfl and like and it has it is it killing anyone or would you I, would you actively say that like wow yes you can let's say 100 percent one percent of the people who play video games have some real, real, real adverse. This is obviously anecdotal, you know, mm-hmm. but like a real adverse effect or behavior associated with video games, right? Mm-hmm. Who decides? 
because if they would have decided in 1993, there would be no Call of Duty. Right. You know, if these people had decided, you know, who decides? You know, well, and, and that's why I think that the artist, I think the artist, that one third, I don't know how much responsibility the artist actually has. I think that the artist has, well, so for example, I am kind of the artist and the gatekeeper, right? Yesterday, yeah. we recorded uh-huh. some crazy stuff, you know, and it wasn't really, you know, like... I think we cr- talked about my dick size at one point. Yeah, it wasn't I really... Don't quite remember. Oh, yeah, you, you did. And it wasn't super, like, mega, like, it wasn't anti-Semitic or anything like that, but it was, like, four <laughs> it's people... playfully anti-Semitic. Yeah. <laughs> it's four people <laughs> in front of two mics, you know, trying something new, and it wasn't really organized very well and stuff like that. And some of the stuff I think just like doesn't really reflect my values, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to post it like that in its whole whole form. Oh. Like I might take a clip of it or something, but I don't want to like use the whole thing, you know. So I, as the artist, kind of decided that on my own, right? But like if I hadn't, I think that'd also be okay, you know, because the artists once they create the art, it's completely out of their hands. It doesn't matter what the intention is. It doesn't it's matter. Out of their hands. It's completely out of their hands. They like, and I know it's weird because you look at like movies and stuff, but it's not really the art of one person. You know, yeah. you know. Well, you got at, at least three different hands in the in the soup. I, I'm gonna say even more than that. I will say hundreds because yeah. you really have to go the to the writer, the co-write, the rewriting, and the and the punching up and the the the. the, the the associate producers, the executive associate producers, and et cetera, et cetera, you know, and and there's a little bit of each person's art inside of it, mm-hmm. you know, but that's why those get kind of muddled and people get confused. But that's not really one. It's not really Todd Phillips' sole, like you know, artistic endeavor to produce Joker because there were other people invested in it, you know, because he didn't write it, he directed it, exactly, and he helped. He helped punch up the writing but he's not the writer of the movie and he's not the sole producer of the movie and he's not the grip and he's not the lead boy he's not all those things Mm -hmm. you know so that's what is the what does the best boy do the best it's all electrical shit it's literally just all electrical shit right so you so you look you look you look at that right and it's like okay how much responsibility do each one of those individual have individuals have the the job of an artist is to create art yeah and then that's it. And then it's up to us to kind of how like some people are like, oh, it shouldn't have been made. Now, maybe I don't think you should make a snuff film. You know what I mean? I really don't think you should. But if you made one. <laughs> I like how you started it, though. with <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't make a snuff film. Unless it's done tastefully, you know? Like, yeah, unless it's done t- but like you you're do- really gearing up for a butt there. So like, all right, you do uh, you do a snuff film, right? Okay. Now, if walk you ask me, th- me, walk me through your snuff film. <laughs> uh, 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 he's a young man, <laughs> about twenty-three years old, Eastern European descent. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the the anyway. So here's <laughs> the thing, right? Is that all right? So if you were to upon your own create a snuff film, and you were to put it out, right? Mm-hmm. The job of the artist is done. Now, there's social implications and stuff like that, but let's just say that the snuff film just exists as a piece of art, mm-hmm. right? And someone considers it art. We as a society are like, to that, that's not good. We don't want to, to, to look at that. We don't want to have that in our lives. We think that the harm that's done to the people mm-hmm. is not good, right? But that's what we decide. 
that's we as the consumer. Yeah, that's we as the consumer, we as society. Mm-hmm. But the artist has nothing really to do with it. They did their job. Right. You know what I mean? Well, then you also have the third or the, I guess, the second step in the program that would be the producer who would then distribute that yeah, snuff film. But we live in weird times now where before you would you made a movie and you had to get or make music, you had to go through a music label. But now, like, Google's a producer. How much responsibility do they have? Mm-hmm. I think they should have none. But they do have a certain responsibility to not show stuff that... But who decides that? And that's where the big the problem... Google. That's But that's where the big problem... Well, I mean, because they're, they're a private organization. They so, have their own, like, what is it? Arithmetics. Well, but here's the thing is that before, what they were doing before is that they were just, like, they were deciding, like, oh, this thing is really, really harmful. No, everything else is fine, right? Mm-hmm. But then they get pushed on by the EU. They get pushed on by, by groups and rights groups and stuff like that. But they're not really a producer. They're less a producer, more of a road. They're, you yeah, know what I mean? They're a the, platform. Yeah, they're they're really a platform. You don't you don't you don't take a sledgehammer to the concrete because someone was murdered there, or because someone who did something wrong drove over it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. Google is just a transmission system. You know what I mean? They don't produce the content, and they don't really, in my opinion, have any actual responsibility to that. And that's when it comes to because we really they're not that. held accountable currently. Well, no, they definitely that's not true. They are. Should they have? Well, they do. I mean, they are being trying to be held accountable by like the EU, especially, mm-hmm. you know. But um, should they be? And is weird because should they, they be able to extend that accountability to the the content creators as well? Well, here's the thing: is that's why we have laws, right? Right. You know, Google just provides the space for you to put your thing, right? And then. If you're on YouTube, for example, you have uh, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and if you steal things, like Alex Bondarev is my friend. He lets me use his music for this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. But when I put the podcast on YouTube, it gets demonetized, or actually it stays monetized, but he gets the money, even though nobody listens to it. You know, Mm. YouTube, habit of wellness. Nobody, Nobody subscribes to it, but I just put it there just in case, you know, and he would get the money. Let's have it a wellness on YouTube.com. Yeah. Okay. He, he, nobody, nobody, nobody I, looks, but if I, they did, he would get the money, right? And I could speak to him and I could have him click a little thing and say that it's okay for me, right? You know, but that's, but that's their like system looking at my thing and saying like, oh, this is kind of like might not be legal. So this is a thing that we have with like the copyright holders and stuff like that to, to do. But it's, it's weird and kind of like off the left. We have laws for these things. Mm-hmm. And these platforms exist just as a transmission service. When you write an article, should Google not use its crawlers and, and, and algorithms to, 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 to find your link? And if somebody searches for um, how to murder, you know, Indonesian people, you know, not, granted, you know, like maybe they should, maybe they should have a thing under it that says. They have to use like a, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I pick a uh, random, I, I don't know. How to murder Indonesian people. <laughs> if you don't have saying. Indonesian, Malaysian will do just fine. <laughs> but you know, like, like, did you, oh no, no, the, 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 the Google saves, the Google thing is like, did you mean Malaysian? Did you? And, um, no, but you look, right? Hold on. Did you mean Tibetan? Right. Uh, so you look at it, China. right? Like, you know, Maybe they could have a thing under it that says, you know, if 
if you're, as you're looking for this, maybe if you're looking to do harm, you shouldn't. But should they not serve you the oh, URL to I that web page? I can't tell you how many times I've had Clippy, the little paper clip, pop up. <laughs> and it looks like you're writing a ransom note. <laughs> Are you sure you want to use this font? <laughs> it's... It's somewhat Google's responsibility to make sure that they're not putting murder porn up on their site regularly. But it's also, you know, kind of the responsibility of the creators. And but Ooh, I got you. So think about this. YouTube is their video platform, right? Mm-hmm. So they can make rules about the kind of content they have on YouTube, right? Google Docs is the thing in Google Drive. They offer you, you pay them some money. To store your information, right? Right. Should they be allowed to look in your information? Should they be allowed to look in your information and see that the things that you create and the art that you create might be harmful? Should they legally be allowed to? Legally, because they're renting out that space? Well, yes. they can they can decide to do whatever they want. Yeah, I think... They, they should, but... but I mean, they, they, they're able to. I think they should be able to, whether or not they use that ability, I think, should be severely frowned upon. Because, like, they're, who decides? Like, really, who decides? What, 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 takes, what takes, for example, people who have their, like, I use Pinecast to host this, right? Mm-hmm. If they decide that the content that we create does not fit their brand, they can delete it, right? Yeah. You know? But they're only a platform, and they would never do that. I could literally make a Hitler podcast. But I think if they wanted to, they ought to have the right to do it. I think it's a dick move. I think it's a major dick move. But really, but should they? That's really the question. Like, should they? Like, should do they, they? really? No, 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 not that. Do they really have the respect? Is it really their responsibility to decide who? creates what art and who consumes what art that's the whole point of being a gatekeeper like if you're just gonna be a shit gatekeeper then why is there a gate i i, I guess I, we've kind of, like technologically speaking i guess we've kind of knocked down that wall a bit but there's still there's still there's still a moat there we may have knocked down the wall, but there's still a moat there, and there is a definite uh, discrepancy between the amount of art that is made and the amount of art that is then consumed and made popular and is uh, publicized and propagated as such. Like it's still the big mu- music labels are the ones making these big record like they're still producing but are they really though they are they may chance the rapper he's the exception i don't i don't know because i i mean he he seems like the exception but this is becoming the norm right kevin smith wanted to produce jane solid bob reboot nobody wanted to do it so he did it himself he did the kickstarter you know he did the kickstarter he does all these things he uses his own money and i Nobody asked for this. But there was a movie produ- a production team that went into all of the work that he did prior to Jay and Silent Bob. The, oh, the, the what about this? Strike. Nobody asked for this. I decided no one asked for this. Mm-hmm. But we do this, right? 
Mm-hmm. And we're producing this mm-hmm. and it's us, right? Who said we can't do it? Who says? And we're doing it independently. There is no one, there's no one producing us. There's no one telling us what we can and cannot do. There's no one other than us advertising for us and pushing for us. Well, I mean, for me, that's just you. Yeah, but You're like, the man in this situation. But I think that... You're like, holding me back. Why can't I just rage against the you? I know, right? <laughs> but you know what? I guess I'm... Damn it. I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Because I would not want you... If you started spooning off some anti-Semitic... I mean, you're Jewish, so you could. I can't but if, get but away if you, with it. If you drop the, you know, nigger with the hard R... Oh. You know. Make everyone feel uncomfortable right? in the room. You know, if you did that, you know, I think that um, I would probably... Even though, like, if you if you were in your house and you were rapping some songs and you dropped the the nigga, I probably wouldn't be upset. I probably wouldn't want you to say it on 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 the podcast. Cause I just don't think you don't think it meshes with our brand, you know, and with your brand, and you don't think our consumers would respond uh, appropriately to if I were to say. But if I was, but if I was, but if I was, <laughs> if I was the person like producing the, if I was the person. Who was just like producing the content? I think I would just be like, "Listen, that's what you want to do, do it." And and I think that like the the, the returns of Joker, whether it, uh, it's gonna, I think it might come close. It's like and it's over a half a billion dollars now. It's over half a billion dollars. Huh. It, it it can come close to a billion. It can come close to the seven hundred, eight hundred million dollar mark. I just had this thought that we've also talked about talked about earlier before the show that I'm now pretending is a new thought. <laughs> so like you were saying, who who decides what's what's bad and what's what's good, what what's damaging and what's not? We have the Joker, which how about how many people would you say die in the movie? Um uh, 3 Four. I, I'm reading about it a lot. Three, four, five. Um, I don't know. Maybe five people. Okay, five people. It's a weak ass body count compared to. I, I agree. Rambo and Predator and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and right, Avengers. Guardi- I swear, like in Avengers, I feel like the whole. That's even a weak ass body count compared to. The Departed. Did you not see the the third oh. Avengers movie? Spoilers for a movie that came out last year. Now, like I still haven't seen it. Half though. the people, uh, half of everyone who've ever existed vanished. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like it's it, but uh, but there's but like we were talking about before. I think it comes back to the whole. What aspects of reality are we trying to reaffirm with this art? And what aspects of reality are we trying to escape with this art? And movies like The Joker make it easy to conflate the two. And I think that's what concerns people. Yeah, because I think I agree with you because it's not only is it like very realistic, like grounded in reality, but like it's but it's not. It's it's really it's, not. It's a completely different world. It's completely different reality, and that's the escapism you know, part. But but it seems so real, and it seems so connected to the kind of things that are happening in today's world. And everyone that I listen to all these podcasts and stuff, they all say the same thing. They all go, "I think this is a great movie, but I'm scared to say that I like it." 
they're, they're scared to say that they like the movie because some people say the movie's good, but it makes them too uncomfortable, which is fair. Hmm. But some others seem to be just scared to say that they like it. Weak. Because they don't want to perpetrate some sort of, I don't know, like... What? They don't? They don't want to be like, I guess if they say that the movie's good, they're... You know what? Everybody's afraid that somebody's going to be like, ah, this movie, I'm going to become the Joker. <laughs> Everyone's afraid of a Mexican Joker. Everyone's afraid of a Mexican Joker. Well, I'm going to ask you... Do I need to explain the reference? No, no. Okay. No, no. South Park. Okay. Episode two um, of this season. Uh, should the movie have been made? I don't know. Not should be made. But is it a problem? I don't think so. No. Nah. I don't think so. Should I Love Dogs have been made? I don't know. I kind of want to see it, though. I'm going to bring it back to one of my favorite violent movies of all time. Uh, Rubber. Rubber? Rubber. Did you ever see that movie? No. It was about a um, a tire that gains sentience. Are you fucking kidding and me? And telekinetic powers. But the beginning of the movie starts out with just the most ridiculous um i guess concept the one of the main characters drives up and there's a bunch of chairs on the road and he's swerving around the road to hit each and every one of the chairs and then he hops out of the trunk with a glass of water and he goes ladies and gentlemen you're about to embark on on this story as an ode to no reason and he lists off like four or five different movies like why is it that in et the alien in the movie was brown <laughs> no reason why is it that in whatever the fucking movie the president gets shot by some random no-name stranger there's a movie about jfk mm-hmm. it's no reason why is it that in Apollo 13, the crew makes it back alive. No fucking reason. (laughs) This movie is an ode to no reason. And then the movie proceeds to be just a complete and utter mindfuck. And it's pretty violent, too. Like, the, the first thing the tire does once it's gained sentience is it's rolling up and it sees a, a raven picking at a carcass. And it focuses on the raven with that, with all of its telekinetic tire powers. And it starts reverberating and vibrating and jiggling. And, and all of a sudden, the raven just fucking explodes. Oh, I, don't know, I, I, I felt it before you even said it. But and I love it. Just like a... And done. <laughs> like feathers. And it's just... It's gone. And it proceeds and it learns its powers. But eventually learns that it can use its powers against humans oh no and so you have now a a sentient telekinetic tire (laughs) that's going on a murdering spree for no fucking reason oh lord and after i watched that movie did i get up and think you know what i should go on a murdering spree for no reason no i just decided to treat my tires a little bit better that was my reaction to the movie. <laughs> oh boy. I made sure they had adequate air. I made sure <laughs> their treading was good. I rotated them. 
Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, rubber. That's I a, think. I think. Wow. I, we have to wrap up on that. That is. That is. Ah. So should Joker have been made? Eh. That that question doesn't matter. It was made, but why was it made? No fucking reason. And no reason. And guess what? People liked it. And you know what? If someone does harm to someone because of it, you want to know why it'll be? Why? For no no fucking, fucking reason. reason. Well, I think. Yeah, that's it. No fucking reason. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. So uh, you like my best friend? There's not there's no reason at all. So uh, I guess uh, this has been uh, Stephen and I'm Chandler. And uh, this uh, this wasn't good taste. This this wasn't good. Ta- no, nah. this this I, you know, was. I think it was. This was. This, was that in good taste? This was. Was that in good taste? And of course, you can follow us on the... Well, you can follow me, because that's I do all the stuff right now. Uh, Twitter.com slash The Art of Giving Up. You know, and, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably will show up listening to my other podcast, The Art of Giving Up. Just do it, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Art of Giving Up on Twitter.com. Uh, was that in good taste? 2019 at gmail.com oh and if you ever want to see or read any material that isn't distinctly dictated by the guise of steven's oppressive productive authority you can check out the humble bumblebear humble bumblebear.com yeah dot com that's where you know free speech is free (laughs) freedom ain't free bro Uh, nobody did any Joker. We didn't do any Joker uh, fucking, like, we didn't make any, like, uh, impressions this entire episode. So, quick, we have, uh... What do we have? We got, like, one minute left, okay? I want you to hit me with your with your Joker. <laughs> That's it. That was fun. That's it. <laughs> Game over.